Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Let's start by saying that there will be spoilers. As I always start by mentioning at the top of every show, this is not a 100% chance. But there is a chance, so you have been warned. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes because that is good for podcasts and this is one. Uh, you see how I sped that up there? That is an indicate that today we're going to try to stick to the goddamn timer. I know I say that a lot and quite often ignore it, but today I mean it. You know what? I'm gonna, if I do stay to the timer, I'm gonna give myself a lollipop. Gonna go out, gonna buy a lollipop, gonna enjoy that lollipop at my own pace because I save time by sticking to the timer. Let's get ready to rough you some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is the Rurapente Dilithium Mines. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first is the sixth movie in a a series of movies. We're talking Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. I had, as I do from time to time, uh, a desire to watch some Star Trek movies. So uh, I watched two of them. Um, just sort of a random two, the two that, uh, well, this one is probably after Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan, maybe one of my most watched movies of all time, just period. Uh, I wouldn't hazard a guess, well, I will, because why not, what's it gonna hurt? Uh, definitely into the double digits, dozen plus times if I had to say and coming from someone who doesn't really like watching movies multiple times at least not without great time periods in between viewings uh, I think that says a lot that this is one of the best of the Star Trek movies Star Trek 6 the undiscovered country definitely I'd probably go Wrath of Khan number one this number two as far as and then maybe first contact uh, number three if i'd have to go in a rating style system which i do uh this is the old crew this came out in 1991 i have just read on the eve of retirement so uh, the crew's a little old here uh kirk and mccoy are charged with assassinating the Klingon. I always have trouble with that word, despite being a Star Trek-y guy. High Chancellor, and imprisoned. The Enterprise crew must help them escape 
to thwart a conspiracy aimed at sabotaging sabotage, the last best hope for peace. Uh, the undiscovered country, the titular undiscovered country, is the future. So uh, that's kind of a cool little quote from the movie. Uh, if you haven't seen this, I think even someone who doesn't like Star Trek could watch this movie as just a sci-fi movie period and find enjoyment. I go friggin' six, Star Trek six out of five. <laughs> okay, uh, so next, uh, lower down, somewhere towards the end, I suppose, on my list of favorite Star Trek movies is Star Trek colon Nemesis. Came out in 2002. This is the last uh, Star Trek movie with people from television shows um it's good i like it i felt like i think this is only my second or no this would be my third viewing so i hadn't seen it very many times i thought i'd give it another chance and dust it off and yeah it's not great uh i'd still go a solid four it's a star trek movie i don't know other than the first one you can get much lower than a four star trek the motion picture the first one that's like a two uh, it's really not good. So we got, you know what? It's an amazing thing that they made more after the first one because it was really not good. Uh, so Nemesis, uh, the Enterprise, this is the next generation crew, uh, is diverted to the Romulan homeworld, supposedly uh, because they want to negotiate a peace treaty. So uh, kind of interesting. I just noticed the parallel there. We've got. Two crews of the Enterprise hoping for peace between two groups of aliens that they have fought with in the past. So, hey, there you go. Uh, okay, so let's move on to got the Star Trek out of my system and put in a little Ghostbusters, as in the new one with the girls. That one. Uh, I see it's got 5.4 on IMDb, sort of general consensus among uh, professional critics that it's not very good. Uh, I don't think that's fair. Uh, if you've listened to me review movies on this, you will know that very, very infrequently do I actually not like a movie. Uh, I'm unprofessional in that my liking of almost all movies makes me unprofessional. So uh, this one I'm going to include in that. I'd go as high as a four. Uh, it, it's, it's a Ghostbusters movie. Just, you know, it is. You can't deny that. It says it right in the title. Uh, I liked all the girls. Uh, you know what? I, after the movie was done and was off, I had one complaint. And it was they redid the Ghostbusters song. Uh, I don't know who sang it, but I didn't care for it. Uh, so, hey. We're sticking to the timer. Fuck. Uh, no, I can't. Uh, I spent too much time on Star Trek. As of, if that's even possible. Uh, anyways, yeah, so Ghostbusters, the remake, uh, rating 4 to 5, Girls Did Great, story is a Ghostbusters story, uh, the bit players throughout I enjoyed, laughed, uh, there, there's dumb laughs, mostly, which... It's Ghostbusters. I, I, I don't need highbrow humor, and I don't really get it. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know why people hate this so much. Uh, okay, and last movie is uh, We Are Twisted Fucking Sister. 
good documentary, long documentary. Oh, I wonder if you just heard that. A fly just landed on the microphone. Did it say something? And we'll hear it in the playback? I don't know. This fly is really bothering me, though. And I have one of those electric fly zappers that really gets them, so I'm warning you, fly. Twisted fucking sister, uh, I'll probably just go three to some two moments in it dragging on a little bit, I felt. I think uh, this movie could have used a little more tightening up. If you... Oh, the fucking fly tried to, like, fly into my mouth. Ah, uh, Jesus. The fly. Uh, if you're a fan of Twisted Sister, I could see you giving this a much, much higher rating. I'm not particularly a fan, but uh, it's an interesting band, so I thought maybe it would be an interesting movie about an interesting band. And it is for the most part, but uh, didn't really pull me in like a documentary can. Okay? Okay. As Buckwheat would say, okay. Talk. Today's television talk sponsor is Crystal Pepsi. All right, uh, so here we're talking uh, two television programs. The first being At Midnight, which uh, I kind of feel like I don't talk about enough, just for the reason that it is basically, for the most part, other than the other show we're talking about, uh, like the only show that's currently on TV that I watch on a daily basis. Daily, in that it's on four days a week and I watch every single episode. Okay? So, uh, th that being said, I should probably talk about it more. Uh, I don't, but when they have a very special episode like they did here, I figured, hey, why not uh, bring it back? What they did was um, had a 90s episode, as in the 1990s themed episode, uh, it was pretty spot on, and although th <laughs> the, they never sort of broke character for the most part, like there was winks and nudges that uh, this is not really the 90s, but for the most part, everyone sort of stayed in character and didn't really say, come on guys, it's really the year 2016, which uh, was impressive, and uh, I appreciate the dedication that that must have taken. Uh, the guests were uh, Margaret Cho, Emo Phillips, and Jaleel White, a.k.a. Urkel. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a while. I was not a big uh, Family Matters. Was it Family Matters? Yeah, I, I never watched that back in the 90s. It wasn't up my alley. But uh, if you were in the 90s, you heard of Urkel. Just period. Full stop. Uh, I forget who won. Emo Phillips, always weirdly hilarious. Uh, Margaret Cho I also like, Jaleel White, he I think came in last place, but he's not a comedian, so, you know, I guess he held his own. <laughs> One thing that I wanted to do, and maybe someone else did it, is uh, Chris Hardwick uh, was back in the 90s on MTV, he had a show called Singled Out, uh, and he had very 1990s hair. Uh, he was wearing, like, a wig that replicated his 1990s hair absolutely perfectly. 
And uh, this is one of those dudes, like, uh, I don't know, there's people out there who seemingly don't age, and he is one of them. So I, I wanted to see, like, a side-by-side of him from the 90s with this hair, and him from, you know, a week ago uh, with this hair, and see how little he has aged. Uh, the, he had a co-host on this very special episode, which is not something he normally does. The co-host was Kato Kalen. Uh, they were doing this... When was the whole O.J. Simpson thing? Anyways, they were doing this from the point of view that Kato, that none of that had happened, and he was just whatever Kato Kalen was back in the 90s. Uh, oh yeah, so the hashtag wars was 90s in five words. Uh, I had a very popular hashtag, got retweeted a bunch of times. Uh, 90s in five words, mine was uh, dubstep starts as dial-up sound. Yay. Uh, okay, so let's move on to the next item. Uh, this is the other sort of basically only until Doctor Who comes back show that I sort of watch on a regular basis and keep up to date with, and that is Modern Family. Uh, season 8 premiere. Uh, this was in the news a little bit because it had its first uh, transgender character, although the character itself was never really in the episode per se, was it? Yeah, I guess for like a second. And then it was uh, the, the character was talked about a little bit, but never had sort of a big role in it per se. So, anyways, bringing it to the forefront in terms of uh, one of if the biggest television shows just period today. Uh, speaking of it in an open way, so uh, that that's a step forward and a good step forward, uh, and I uh, appreciate it. So there's probably people out there who dislike this sort of thing but those are the sort of people that history will look upon as being fucking idiots <laughs> period alright so uh, what else do we got nothing because we're out of time <laughs> it's almost like I planned that but I didn't Today's book banter sponsor is Druid Lawn and Garden Landscaping Incorporated. Uh, I've just realized that in the movie monologue, I missed a movie, uh, and that is Tomorrowland. Uh, Rating-wise, I'll go three. It's fine. <laughs> Anyways, uh, back to book banter. I've uh, got something a little different here. Um, if you've been following along in the last little while, you will know that I have taken up the playing of the Dungeons and Dragons. So, uh, when I found out that it was finally going to happen, I uh, went on the old Amazon, as I do from too much to too much, uh, and purchased myself a player's handbook, a Dungeons and Dragons player's handbook from the Wizards RPG team, Wizards of the Sword Coast. Uh, and basically, it does a lot of things, but I guess if you want to boil it down, it is a book, a sizable book, I should say, uh, that tells you ways in which you go about creating your character that you are going to be uh, playing in the game Dungeons & Dragons, in the role-playing game. So, uh, I think something that may have happened 
which uh, the more and more that I experience Dungeons and Dragons, the more and more I think I might be right. Uh, we are playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, 3.5 edition, and I think this player's handbook uh, maybe five uh, edition five uh, something very very strange you would assume a book like this would say at the front or somewhere in the book that uh, what edition it pertains to there's hints along the way that I think fifth edition has that 3.5 does not uh, and that's uh, I'm sort of piecing this together from my incomplete understanding of editions uh, anyways, it, it hasn't turned into a big deal at all. Our dungeon master has sort of rolled with the punches and uh, things that I have pulled from this book, he's just sort of rolled into what we're doing. So it's, it's not really a big deal. I, I don't think you're going to, between editions, you're going to be too crazy out of whack unless your dungeon master is so heavily into the rules that the game isn't fun anymore anyway. So why are you playing? Uh, yeah, uh, so, uh, just recently I finished reading this book sort of cover to cover. Um, it's a perfect, if you are a nerdy Dungeons & Dragons wannabe player or player, this, this thing is a perfect bathroom book, I gotta say. Uh, perfect bathroom book to the degree that I wasn't even reading, I took it out of the bathroom and was just reading it, like, non-stop, cover to cover. Uh... I don't think it could be said that there's many rule books, because, again, that's kind of what it is, uh, that you could sit down and enjoy to such a degree. Uh, and I wonder if I'm alone in that fact. Sometimes it has come up from the, on the podcast from time to time that perhaps my brain is not uh, what could be classified as normal. Long pause for emphasis there. Uh, so, in an effort to get a little of the old audience participation, as I like to do from time to time, I wonder if anyone out there listening to this uh, plays Dungeons & Dragons, I guess first and foremost, and has had a great amount of joy uh, just sitting down and reading the player's handbook. Or, I guess alternately, did you uh, just use it for source material to build your character and once your character was built you never really went back to it uh something cool just sort of the through the reading of this it gave me so many ideas for future characters i think uh i've got ideas for druids uh just wizards uh rogue sounds cool paladin even uh, i think the potential of being like a really dumb paladin would be fun uh, we're, there's a paladin in our group right now who's not very paladin-y. <laughs> so uh, I think maybe I could uh, up the paladin-denitis. Uh, anyways, it's a 5 out of 5, needless to say. It makes me want to buy the Dungeon Master's Guide and look through that as well, even. So, we'll see. Today's game, Gavin sponsor, is USSR Video Game Cloning Facility. 
Okay, uh, I think I mentioned in the last episode that I would be doing a PS4 cleanup, and I am probably 70% through that, I would say. Uh, what I kind of started to do is just go in, in straight alphabetical list, but uh, what I decided to do that might make more sense and definitely pleases that crazy brain I mentioned uh, is try to clean out the shorter games and leave the longer games for later. So your little downloadable uh, puzzle-style games, get those out of the way first, and then move on to the more meatier games. So that's, for the most part, what I've done. Okay, so, game the first. Uh, this may be, if not the most, one of the most packed game gabbins I've ever done, so <laughs> i got to kind of keep that in mind uh badland colon game of the year edition uh this is uh limbo meets flappy bird just period a lot of these games in this in fact i think just about all of them there's not a lot of originality they're very very similar to other games uh so far for the most part i've been fairly disappointed uh, Flappy Bird, to me, is the type of game that you play for five minutes. You uh, download it, play it for five minutes, then realize what it is and take it off your phone. That's That doesn't do this justice. There's a little bit more story. The limbo sort of darkness and, and different mechanics flush it out more. But... Uh, still only going to give it like a 2 out of 5. I, I didn't play it for very long, and my desire to continue playing was not there, so I moved on to Broken Age. Oh, this is from Double Fine Studios, I do believe. Uh, sh this is the type of game that I think you have to be in the mood for. It is what you would classify as a point-and-click adventure, which were huge back in the aforementioned 90s. Uh, but in in years since then, uh, I haven't really found... Like, I used to play Leisure Suit Larry. I even invested in the Kickstarter for Leisure Suit Larry and played that. Um, Point-and-click adventures just don't do it for me really anymore. Uh, this one included. I, I played for an embarrassingly short amount of time. No fault of the games. Uh, as far as point-and-click adventure games go, this one was very highly regarded. I'm sure it's fine. It's just uh, not my cup of tea at this juncture. So I give it like another two or maybe even less. Like I played, I think I played this for less than Badland. Uh, okay, next moving on to Dark Star. I don't remember which one this was. Oh, yeah, okay. So this was like a real-time strategy uh, in space. Again, uh, real-time strategies, ever since Age of Empires, which I love to play the shit out of, they don't do it for me as much as they used to. And I would much rather play on a computer than using a, uh, a control on a, on a platform. So... Uh, didn't really meld very well. Uh, I could I could see potential in this game, so I'd probably go three out of five, and I did have some fun. So there. Uh, next is Galaxy. That's G A L A K dash Z to us here in Canada. <laughs> Galaxy colon the dimensional. Very dumb title. Uh, the game was anime e flying through space e. Uh, I forget what they call this, where you're moving with one controller and shooting with the other. 
it was it was pretty fun. I could see where it was going, but uh, probably go like two out of five. It, it lost me pretty quick as well. All of these games, basically, I played for not very long at all. Like so far, Dark Star was probably the one I played the most. Uh, this one, meh. Uh, okay, so moving on to Zombie. That's Z O M B I. Fuck, I should have gone faster. Uh, yeah, it's a scary game. Uh, I don't really like scary games, so I stopped playing it pretty quick. <laughs> this was the most sort of in-depth game. It didn't have as much a feel as a sort of uh, indie game. Um, I-, I might revisit Zombie. But that's what I will say of Zombie. I don't even want to give it a rating yet, but the potential that I would revisit it, where so far all the games I've mentioned, I don't think I would revisit. So, you know, give it that. Uh, Tricky Towers. That was the worst of the bunch. Uh, one. Uh, Tetris ripoff, but not as good as Tetris. Uh, and last but most, actually, last but no most, uh, Tabletop Racing. Uh, this game I played Tabletop Racing World Tour. Maybe I should be more specific. Oh boy. Uh, this one I played the most. I think it was a combination of Nostalgia Factor and being a, a, a fun arcadey racing game, which I feel like are hard to find nowadays. Uh, it, there was like a micro machine. I couldn't remember what it was reminding me of, but it was very strongly reminding me of a game from the past. I think it was like a micro machines game. Anyways, basically, it's a racing game that, you guessed it, takes place on the table. So, like, it's uh, little miniature cars that you're driving around on an oven or whatever, you know. They didn't take full advantage of that fact. And it wasn't great, but um, sort of a, the RPG elements of it actually made it fun. The buying shit for your car, uh, getting getting it, souping it up, making it faster... Better acceleration, better drift, better wheels, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Overall, I played it the longest of any of these games, which is not a high distinction, but it is a distinction. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is the Negri Glitter Magnet. Okay, so from talking to video games to talking of a man who talks of video games, uh, Danny O'Dwyer and his new YouTube channel, No Clip, uh, spoke, may have even been last episode of, uh, or the one before, of Danny O'Dwyer leaving GameSpot. How I spoke very highly of him, how uh, I mentioned he was one of my favorite things of GameSpot, uh, and how I would follow his career. Now, I've said that of other people in the past. Uh, I think most notably would be Adam Sessler. 
Um, and I would try to follow through, but no one has ever made that follow through so easy as Mr. Daniel Dwyer. Uh, he has his own YouTube channel, and basically the reason that he left GameSpot was to sort of strike out on his own, which means that uh, we're living in a land of plenty when it comes to Danny O'Dwyer stuff on the internet, and I gotta tell you, I am loving it. Loving it, yeah. He's uh, just one of my favorite people to hear talk of, uh, albeit usually video game related things. I think I would listen to him uh, entertain on a wide variety of things. Uh, I would highly recommend you f uh, subscribe to his YouTube channel. He's pumping out shit like you wouldn't believe. Pumping out shit with the sort of eye towards building an audience which is sort of a fascinating to see him in this early stage and his uh, sort of build to uh, become internet famous all by himself with a game spot behind him I, I guess is what's happening and uh, it's interesting and I wish him well and that's why I'm talking of him here hey every little bit helps and I'll tell you right now me mentioning on that Mentioning him on this podcast is just about as little bit as you can get. <sighs> Moving on to someone who just reached a million subscribers on YouTube, Miss Jessica Negri. Uh, apparently she said to all her followers, if I make it to a million subscribers, I will basically do anything that you say in the comments uh, in my million subscriber video. Uh, and seemingly that is just what she's done. A lot of people p apparently want to see her in various uh, forms with glitter. A big glitter. She must have a ginormous glitter budget. You know what? I think glitter budget might make its way into the title of this episode. Let me just type it out so I don't for glitter budget. What's your glitter budget at? Hers seemingly high. A uh, bunch of, uh, it was just sort of amalgam of a shit ton of clips of her doing various weird, uh, well, picture what people on YouTube are were going to request of Jessica Negri to do, and seemingly her line was, <laughs> was pretty low, so uh, good for her. Uh, she's a delight, as usual. I uh, met her a couple of times, and super, super nice. Uh, Google Nerd Kane Adventures, if you want to know what I'm talking about. No time to get into it now. Uh, next, moving on to two Filling the Void podcasts. The Void left by uh, finishing being caught up on... Oh, shit, I can't even remember what it's called now. The podcast with the brothers and the D&D. &D. Anyways, I started listening to Drunks and Dragons and Critical Hit... Uh, to Dungeons and Dragons podcast podcast in which they play Dungeons and Dragons. I gotta say, uh, neither of them sort of pulled me in like ones have in the past. Um, yeah, I hate to say it. I, I, I don't ever, I don't really ever bring things back to the podcast that I don't like. And there was some enjoyment. It's just neither of them I'm going to continue on with. You know what I want to say just on that note then? is if you listening to this think I should continue on, think maybe I just give them, didn't give them enough chance, maybe they get better towards where they are now. I didn't start right at the beginning of each of them, but I started at various points that seemed relevant. Uh, I don't know. I'm open to suggestions of uh, continuing them. Also, 
perhaps even more so, open to suggestions of Dungeons and Dragons podcasts that I could uh, explore further. I'm I'm almost tempted to just go back to the beginning of Nerd Poker and uh, start at episode one and re-listen to those again because those are a Amazing. <laughs> I uh, did that on purpose, which I never do. Folks, it's nice to be nice to the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean butts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper